Coach D here, and welcome back to the Standing O Podcast and my conversation with the one and only Beth Shelton. In this second part of our conversation, we really dive into what she's working on now, the impact of leading an organization, and what the Girl Scouts is discovering and doing for confidence in girls, and most importantly, what you and I in our own little world can do to be part of the solution. I love talking with powerful, amazing women and leaders. It's easy to gloss over their hardships, filter their stories with sunshine and rainbows. And while Beth Shelton is the CEO of a large organization and her work with the Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa has been featured all over the country in major publications, Beth doesn't hold back. She doesn't hold back from sharing what's behind the scenes. She's honest, vulnerable, and she's hilarious. Just look her up on TikTok. This is one of those conversations that's going to make you want to pull up your bootstraps and grab your pixie dust and change the world. So let's jump in with Beth Shelton. In your uh, big girl life, as I like to call it, Uh you are a boss, you're a CEO. Um, You can describe that a little bit, but I want to hear from that, like how you have learned to lead other people, because there is research out there um, that says 94% of female executives, the one thing they have in common is that they were all athletes, 94%. Mm-hmm. And Ernst and Young said, even of that 52% of them played in college. So yeah. that, I mean, there's something to that. So how have you taken your ath- athletic journey and transitioned it to learn how to lead and empower people that work with you and for you. Oh, thank you. That's a, uh, that's a great segue. And I believe that statistic hundred percent for sure. When I think about the impact athletics has had on my life and in shaping who I am, I think so much of so many parallels with leading people in, in teams at the end of the day, what you're doing is taking a group of human beings and Uh, trying to do that ignite thing, right? Trying to do that thing where you can bring out the very best in them. And I think really effective leaders, what they have in common is they acknowledge that they don't have to be the MVP. They don't have to be the division one basketball player to make an impact. One of the most humbling moments of my life was my senior year in basketball when I did not get the MVP award and I was a little distraught and my high school coach said, Beth, boy, you work so hard. And you make the team better. You are not the MVP, right? To his credit, my scoring average my senior year was like 2.2 points per game, right? <laughs> he was right. So uh, Coach Henderson, if you're out there, you were right. Um, but he said, your value is in making the team better. When you're on the court, the team plays better. You work hard. You're optimistic. You make great passes. You know, um, everyone wants to be better when you're on the court. And that is the piece that great leaders can do in the workplace, right? It's not that I know better or can do the projects better or faster or smarter. I can't, but if I can make the team better, if I can ignite in them um, that, that, that belief and, and give them that moment of like, okay, you are ready for the Velcro wrist strap and the carabiners to do the heavy lifting, but in the workplace, right? You are ready for this project. You are ready for this ownership. You are ready to create this dynamic. And then if I can get out of their way, that's where you create magic. And I think that 100%, that learning comes from the sweat equity on the court. That's good. The sweat equity. 
I like that. I think it is hard as an athlete though, because you're used to being the one that's like getting the attention and whatever. And so to learn that transition, that it's not about me being on the top of the podium, it's about bringing the team with me to the top right. of the podium. Yeah. I, I, I mean, even just as a teacher, when I was teaching or even in coaching, I have to like fight my ego a little bit and realize mm-hmm. like, this isn't about me. <laughs> right. Right. I get, I get it. I think that the most effective thing a leader can do is work on self-awareness, uh, mm-hmm. humility, and the ego. We all have an ego and in many ways it can drive us to, to great things in life and, and have great outcomes. It's problematic though. Right. And so we absolutely have to keep it in check. And uh, I have to do that all the time. I have to stop and say, am I doing this for the shiny moment or am I doing it because it's the best thing for the team? And here, here's what I learned. It's not that I ever had some huge pinnacle moment in athletics, but I reached again, my sort of tennis peak, if you will. Right. And I have now I have a Rubbermaid tote that is quite literally full of trophies and plaques and nameplates and wooden this and that and carved and they're heavy and they're etched in glass and all the things. Here's the thing, like it doesn't matter. It, it matters that I was my best and I wanted that stuff so bad. I wanted the shiny moment, the top, right. That the gold medal, whatever the thing was, I wanted it and I wanted to work hard for it. But at the end of the day, you wake up the next morning with this shiny thing, but you're still the same person. The outcomes aren't any different. And so I think in some ways, getting some of those accolades, it, it did sort of show me that that is actually not the answer. So then you're left with, well, what is the answer? What am I even here for? What am I even doing? And I can tell you, I have learned a lot, grown a lot more in my failures And to this day, you know, if I'm coaching a youth, a rec team and we get, sometimes we get blown out of the water. Right. And it can be, it can be a little bit, um, it can be, there can be tough days on a Saturday morning in a gymnasium, you walk out of a basketball game and your youth team just got beat by 40 points. And at the end of the day, those girls and and I, we're going to learn more from, from those whoopings uh, on the court than we ever are with a trophy. I mean, I, it's not that I am discounting accomplishment because I am very ambitious, but what I know is it doesn't, it doesn't change your reality. It doesn't change who you are. Um, you know, self-esteem cannot be given to you in a medal. Um, it can only be earned uh, one day at a time by doing actual good work. That's awesome. That is, I feel like a mantra we all need. It's the moments that matter. Um, I love it's that. really like- what we give that, um, actual considerate giving builds self-esteem and there's, you can't buy it. Uh, mm-hmm. someone can't give it to you and no shiny object, uh, will fill that void. It seems like it will. The chase is there. I, I know the chase is there. Uh, but that's actually not what, what fills the, the self-esteem bucket. You know, let's talk about that self-esteem bucket because we've had this conversation before in your work with the Girl Scouts, they've done a lot of research on young girls and their confidence. Um, and you told me that confidence will peak in girls. Like there's just this, such this wide gap between age 11. And if you think about it, you were talking about 12 year old Beth. So like 12 year old Beth is on the decline there yep. in confidence and it doesn't come back till 42, 42. Yeah. That's so it's, it's important work we're doing. Uh, and it's, the data is very clear. 
that uh, girls and women are 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 um, are struggling in, in, with mental health and oftentimes related to this confidence piece. It doesn't mean I want to I want to preface and say it doesn't mean that men and boys are not affected. They are not as a whole group um, affected to the same degree at the same ages and in the same way mm-hmm. uh, as a group, right? Collectively with the data. And of course, uh, now we have new emerging uh, data uh, about non-binary youth as well. Um, so I'm, I'm much more well-versed in girls, which is why I want to focus on that, but it doesn't mean the others aren't true. Right. So, but for girls, it peaks at 11 and then crashes and does not hit that same level that girls were at in confidence at 11 until age 42. So that is abysmal. So it, there is important work to be done on self-esteem. And what what's, what's, difficult is that at 11, we can't have the wisdom to know what builds self-esteem, right? We need an ecosystem around us to help us know, right? To give us tools. So the same way we wouldn't come out knowing calculus, right? We need an ecosystem that helps us learn that, but the ecosystem hasn't really been built to acknowledge that the, the things girls face, the messages they face are different um, and that the ecosystem needs to change. Or we need to have ecosystems like Girl Scouts, places that can define, name, and work on um, addressing things like confidence in in girls, because it's a really big issue. And if we don't address it, then it plays out in all sorts of ways, everything from, uh, you know, of course, um, eating disorders, um, all the way to, um, you know, de- de- depression and anxiety uh, and, and social. Um, we see all sorts of uh, uh, social impact for girls uh, and sexual impact for girls. And then it plays into the wage gap and wages and careers and all of these things that the domino effect um, then is incremental for females um, because of this st- stair-step issue that starts in those early middle school years. And when the confidence starts to fail because of the ecosystem, right? It, and it's subtle, it's it's the implicit bias of, by gender and what girls should and shouldn't do and what they should and shouldn't like and the way um, people talk to girls and um, the, the focus on appearance, you know, mm-hmm. th- that's different mm-hmm. uh, for girls than it is for boys. It all plays a role. When you talk about the ecosystem and when we talk about girls in sports, particularly like, I want to fix the whole world. You know, like sometimes it can be overwhelming because I want to like, I want to change everything. I want to fix everything. I want to make it all better. But sometimes that's just not possible in the moment, right? We can't fix everything at once. So what can I like talk to, talk to me, talk to, talk to Erica, talk to coach D. I am a coach. I am a mom of both boys and girls. What is like one thing I can do in my role in that ecosystem to help grow confidence or even to not make it, you know, plummet Mm -hmm. so drastically. Yeah. I think what sort of feels like sometimes uh, the antithesis of being a coach, because we are programmed and as leaders to focus on the outcome, right? Like we, we, mm-hmm. we see it. I'm sure that there yeah. are metrics in, in job descriptions that say you need to perform at XYZ level, X number of winnings, win loss records, et cetera. But I truly believe if we're going to move the needle on this, the focus needs to be on those questions, particularly for youth about um, what did you feel good about today? You know, what, what, what went well? 
Um, what, what did you try and didn't go quite right? What did you try and fail at? What did you learn about it? And we tend to focus on the result the kids get and not the process. So they come home and how did you do on your test instead of, Hey, how did you feel today going into your test? Or how did you feel? Or, you know, um, what did you do to prepare, you know, teaching them about resilience and um, preparation rather than what was the outcome, you know, or the first question we can get with athletics is, well, how did you play or what was the score versus how did you feel about what you contributed? What was your favorite part of the game today? And it allows, I think, the youth then, boy or girl, to stop and ask themselves that question. They get so used to living up to this expectation, uh, the outcome. You know, I say today in my life, success is not married to the outcome. It's married to, did I, did I maximize learning and growth along the way? Well, what I would love to do is frame those questions up for kids. What did you, what did you learn and grow with today? If we think that's a good definition of success, let's reframe the questions along the way. It doesn't mean the outcome is not important, but it means we can get them to focus on the right things about themselves and what they contribute. Mm, thank you for that. That's so good. Um, it, it makes me think back to what we were talking about earlier and the process of taking ownership in your own journey. So like, you know, I had, my son had basketball games this weekend and everything wrong with the game was the refs fall or the other teams fall. And there was like absolutely all this deflection going into it. And so just think being cognizant of those questions you were just mentioning, like, how can I help him take mm-hmm. ownership of the game? And it's not relied on somebody else. Right. More yeah, exactly. You know, life is not fair. Um, I've never met anyone who lost a game and thought the referee did a great job. Right. So it's those <laughs> moments of like, well, that ref, you know, wouldn't every time we boxed out, they, they called a foul. Okay. So after the third time that happened, what did you change about it? Right. Like that being the case, that ref is going to call a foul every time you do box out the way you box out. Okay. Like welcome to planet earth. It's not fair, but what did you adapt? What did you own? Yeah. To, to change that. What did you learn about that? What did you do different about that? Because welcome to the workplace, right? It's not fair that a pandemic hit in the middle of cookie season, right? That's the ref for me. That's not fair. We had a great plan. You know, it's not fair that a blizzard happens when we have our biggest cookie event as, you know, as the CEO of the Girl Scouts, that's frustrating. Okay. That's the ref. That's not fair. What are you going to do about it? Right? We don't get to change those factors. So I think the quicker we can learn that, whether we are five or 12 or 42, um, that's a good, that's a good lesson. You know, after the first time the ref called that as a foul, okay, you're right. And so what's your pivot? What'd you learn? How do we maximize our growth here? You know, what's your pivot? That's good. I'm going to steal that. Uh, Before we wrap up with rapid fire, I want to ask you this question because I was listening. Beth, what do you feel good about today? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I feel here's, I'll tell you, I mean, this is a very vulnerable answer. I feel good that I'm coming up on 100 days of having no alcohol in my system. And, you know, I, I really took an evaluation this year of the things that were serving me and not serving me and the things that were making me stronger and happier and healthier and the things that were not. And there's a long list there, but uh, that was one that I feel like is uh, really poignant in my life, much more than I ever would have thought. And so I feel really, really good about that. Thank you for sharing that with me. That I'm proud of you. That's very, 
Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Just to have that self-awareness and I'm glad you shared that. That's very neat. Thank you. Thanks for, on for that. I'd love to, I'd love to uh, bring the question back to you as well. Uh, so what's something you feel good about today? Honestly, Beth, I feel good about having the courage to email you and ask you to come on the podcast. I have been noticing that I don't always practice what I preach. You know, I get too mm-hmm. self-critical or too, um, you know, just thinking that other people are, they got better things to do than talk to me. And so, yeah, I, I feel good about this conversation. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Thanks for sharing that. And I was honored. I was excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, rock on. First of all, look at you going out there and chasing a dream and doing something amazing. And how, how lucky am I to get to be part of it? So thank you for, for having the courage. Okay. I have some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. What is the most underrated Girl Scout cookie? Lemonade by far. It's delicious. It only accounts for about 9% of the sale and it is delicious. People, if you've not tried that lemonade, you need to get out there and get that one. Okay. Lemonade. We'll do it. We'll put it on the list. Okay. Three on three basketball was a new event in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So imagine Beth Shelton in the Olympics, three on three, you could pick any two teammates in the world. Who are they? Okay. Well, since I'm not well-versed on all of the basketball stars today, I'm going to pick Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle because we're going to get beat quickly. And then we are going to sit and have an amazing conversation and coffee. And we're going to change the world and become best friends. So those two. Okay. Can I, can I be your coach? And then I can join in. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What is your must have workout song on your playlist? Oh man. Um, Okay. It's, it's, by Nate Dog and Eminem. It's kind of old school, kind of shake that, you know. Yeah, it's, I, I just kind of like some of that, those old school beats when I say like, you know, mid 90s, early 2000s. Like you can't go wrong with some, some Eminem in my book when you're, when you're just really killing it. So yeah, that's, that's toward the top of my list. There you go. Just strap on, you know, the white wife beater. That's such a exactly, name, right? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Okay. Um, we've talked about Beth at 12. So what is that mantra that you wish you would have had on repeat when you were 12 years old? You're not going to make everyone happy. You're not going to please everyone. This idea that it's your job to somehow be palatable, pleasing to someone else is a job description you can never live up to. Throw it away and lean into what makes you happy and what you love to do. And don't be afraid to run with that. Don't be afraid to take the shot. The only person you're letting down if you, if you miss that shot is yourself because you didn't take it. Uh, and I wish I could, could go back and tell Beth that and, um, and anyone listening, any girl listening, any youth listening, any coach listening, any mom listening, anyone who's struggling, listening, anyone who's struggling with sobriety, listening, just, uh, you're just letting yourself down by worrying about, um, you know, uh, failing other people. That's so good. We have, uh, written on our door. You made me think of this, um, shoot or shoot. So, you know, we're basketball family. I mean, we're a track family for sure, because that's mommy's love, but daddy's love is basketball and our boys play. And, um, we, you know, if they get down about shooting or anything, we always say, what do shooters do? They shoot, you take the shot. That's what you do. Right. I love that. Thank you, Beth. All right. Final question. Okay. 
What is your standing O moment? Hmm. My standing O moment, like a moment I feel most proud of. Mm -hmm. Any, yeah. Any moment where, you know, you just think like you look in the mirror and you can just hear the applause and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. So I, okay. Maybe it's cliche. Maybe it's cheesy. I'm going to say this morning, I'm going to say that every day that I wake up ready to tackle, um, life and embrace it for, for what it is and who I am is a real victory because that's not a gimme. That's, it's not a gimme. And there were a lot of days I didn't feel that way. Um, so I'm going to say this morning, I, I do, I feel fabulous to be here, fabulous to be here on this earth and to be in the seat I'm in and to be in the, just the place in the world I'm in today. It's, uh, I don't take it for granted at all. Well, Beth, I am standing for you. I'm cheering for you. I am. I don't just say this. I am one of your biggest fans. And, um, just to, just to hear more about not just the journey you went through to get where you are, but this journey that you are powering through right now, it's just, it's inspiring. And I feel like you should be proud of yourself. You should stand there in the morning and give yourself that applause. So air high five, way to go. Thank you. Well, well, air five to you. And I'm so excited to see where your journey takes you in all of the ways professionally uh, and, and with the podcast and everything else. It really was my honor to get to be here. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for having the courage. Thanks, Beth. And I got the lemonades on my list. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Well, here, here in uh, central Iowa, they go on sale February 1st, um, but um, in different parts of the country, because I know you'll have listeners from everywhere. Uh, they go on sale in different places. You can always go to girlscouts.org to see where and when, uh, but here in Iowa, February 1st, we'll, we'll be ready to serve you up. All right. I'm excited. We got it on the calendar. What do you feel good about today? It's a simple question. But really, I had a hard time answering it. I think if I'm being very reflective, so much of the day is transactional. It's crossing things off the list and the to-do list and turning things in and getting grades and getting paid. And we spend so much energy on the completion of things, on the outcome of things, that we don't really reflect on how we feel about it. So I love that Beth brought awareness to just that simple question. What do you feel good about today? And then how can we pivot? If something we don't feel good about, if something didn't go our way, how do we pivot and move forward in a way that we do feel good about? So, so good. So much I've learned from this conversation. I told you that Beth was amazing. I hope you're challenged to improve your own ecosystem and those within it. You are a leader, no matter your title. Again, please connect with Beth Shelton. Her links are in the show notes and go grab a box of those lemonades. I know that is on my to-do list. Thank you for tuning in to the Standing O podcast. I would love to hear what you feel good about today. Subscribe and share this episode and tag us at She Plays Now on your social media. Until next time, this is Coach D, and I'm cheering you on.